what a nice introduction is this, Natasha. You are always surprising us with these amazing introductions, these amazing songs. And today it's an amazing day because we also have an amazing guest. Everything is amazing and I am very, very glad that um, it was an inspirational moment. I just saw uh, Dusty Springfield uh, in our you know, music list and I said, okay, we're going to start with this one. And when we suggested that, Yulfem, our favorite and lovely guest, said she's one of her favorites. So uh, will you do the introduction because I revealed the name, George. Well, introduction. I don't think that anything that I might say is enough to describe, um, you know, my feelings for this lady because we go way back, like in 2002, 2001, when I first started, you know, my first steps in the ELT and she was there for me to support uh, in every possible way. I have learned so many things from her. We have had so many um, nice moments in different conferences. Listening to her was always an inspiration. And I'm talking about Gülfem Aslan from Turkey. Hello, Gülfem, and welcome to Teacher's Coffee. Dearest George, you have given me a present today. It is wonderful to be back with you. I miss working with you so much. We had such fun, didn't we? And it's a wonderful opportunity for me to to be able to reach out to all your teachers all over the world. It's really exciting. So thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me, George. We must say that there was a lot of buzz um, created after we uh, made the announcement that you're going to be the next guest. So I, I guess, you know, many people are listening to us now. I can see live is soaring, the numbers there. Um, Yulfem, um, tell us a little bit, uh, of course, we know you as uh, maybe I would say maybe the most famous Turkish presenter or teacher trainer, at least outside Turkey. That's, you know, the concept that I had. We know that um, you are or used to be an NLP practitioner, but I want you to focus what you're doing now. Um, where exactly are you based and what is your what are your everyday activities regarding education, ELT or maybe something similar? Thank you, George. Well, um, <laughs> it's really a case of the same old, same old, you know, that expression, <laughs> but more of the same. And uh, I can't say that I'm bored with it at all. Uh, in fact, the more I do it, the more I think, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to stop no matter how old I am. I was in Istanbul for 10 years. Then I came back to my homeland, my home city of Ankara, where I am very fortunate to have two grandchildren. And I suppose, in a way, I'm fortunate to be able to still work from home, even though I'm not allowed out because um, older people aren't allowed out at the moment. Um, but I'm still teacher training. I'm doing a course in teaching um, English to speakers of other languages for teachers, diploma level. And I'm doing lots and lots of conferences and seminars. And most of all, I'm helping my children, my grandchildren learn English. This sounds like a real blessing. There. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm so happy for you. Uh, Yulfem, since you mentioned it, can you give us a little bit of Turkey? As you said, we have an international audience 
Many people are listening from different, every nook and corner of this world. So give <laughs> us a little bit of, of Turkey uh, regarding education and in connection to the pandemic that we have all been living for the last almost one year now. Yes. What's the situation there? Well, I can't give you the figures, George. I, I'm not uh, up on the figures yet, but uh, I was quite impressed with Turkey because we started, well, the Ministry of Education started asynchronous education almost immediately, almost two or three weeks after the lockdown. They started having TV channels for every single grade level of uh, student from preschool to the end of high school. So everything um, on the curriculum was suddenly transferred. I don't know how they did it so quickly. Um, now that part was very successful. However, when it comes to uh, synchronous education, that's where we started running into trouble because people who have tablets, children who have tablets or computers, or an internet connection can also connect with their teachers, their classrooms. But a lot of Turkey, especially the east of Turkey or the villages of Turkey, still don't have tablets and computers, etc. So um, this is where uh, a lot of do-gooders have been donating tablets and uh, computers to children all around Turkey. Um, educational foundations have been giving them out. The government has got a big campaign sending free of charge tablets and computers to nearly all the schools in Turkey. So they're doing what they can. I am very impressed with the effort. It's been a phenomenal effort. And I, I, I'm sure it's the same in every country. The Ministry of Education of each country are doing whatever they can to help and, and rush to keep up with the problem. But of course, uh, <laughs> it doesn't end there, does it? <laughs> There's so many problems. Also, there are free internet connections for children who can't afford to buy an internet connection. So that's very positive too. Some of these things, are they happening where you are as well, um, George? Well, um, I could say in terms of uh, funding and in terms of devices, uh, at least here in Greece, you know, there are always somehow people and teachers manage to get by. Obviously, there might be difficult situations or difficulties in remote villages or where people can, can simply cannot afford to buy a computer or any other similar device. But um, um, I think they are getting by. They are coping with that situation yeah. as well. I yeah. would like to ask you about teachers in Turkey. How do they perceive this situation? Were they sufficiently trained to deal oh. with this new reality? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so, George. I mean, there are some technical freaks out there who love technology and have been training themselves up. But the general, I would say, the general um, medium of teachers in Turkey don't, weren't really that savvy when it came to technology. Maybe we could produce the odd uh, PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. Maybe we could uh -huh. use a Padlet, and that was about it. But now everybody has learned this new technology. 
the new techniques. Um, Zoom is no longer a setting on a camera. <laughs> Zoom exactly. is now something <laughs> that everybody knows about news as well. Um, so they have done technologically, um, they have come out of their comfort zones. And I really, really applaud everybody, all the teachers in the world who have done this, and I know they have. So they're doing a good job technically. Uh, the problem is there hasn't been enough training. There was no preparation, obviously. There was no time for preparation. We just had to jump in the, de the deep end and uh, sink or swim. And a lot of people have been swimming. A lot of teachers have been swimming rather well. Uh, but I'm afraid to say that some of us have been sinking as well. Um, the problem is with synchronous teaching uh, in that we have just had one-off teacher training sessions. One, not a series, not a whole course, but just one. And of course, when you're mm -hmm. just watching it at home on your computer, you can be cooking at the same time, you can be marking papers at the same time, and I really don't know how effective these webinars have been. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about that later on, if we have a minute. Okay. Well, we always have a minute for your views, uh, Gulsen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, judging from what you have said, I would say that, uh, um, because I know that you're a very positive person, uh, you would say that this situation, although it was very sudden and no one expected that, we might derive something positive from this whole pressure and the, the anxiety that suddenly we had to face so many digital tools and platforms and things we we were not involved with in the past so we can derive something positive of, out of that are you also positive towards online learning in general <laughs> <laughs> that's my Natasha, question <laughs> Natasha I wish we could see each other face to face now I, um, I also wish I could see you to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay look generally I think George knows this and people who know me will say that I am generally a very positive person however <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry to say I don't call this a very positive experience for learning and I think we have lost a lot of learning opportunities much learning has been lost in this distance learning in fact let's I don't want to call it distance learning do you know what I want to call it what it's been called by a lot of academics it's being called emergency remote learning. And we're only doing it because we're in an emergency. We're not doing it through choice. In fact, a couple of days ago, I think it was Edutopia, I read an article called Forced Remote Learning. Forced. And that's exactly it. Now, Natasha, you seem like a lovely lady. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Of course we want to take something positive out of it. And what I have learned is that we cannot take uh, the, the human aspect out of teaching. You know, there used to be debates in the old days. Uh, in the future, are robots and computers going to teach English? Well, I've learned something. And the answer, the answer is no. <laughs> We need that human touch. This is what I've learned. Uh, we need uh, the emotional, the social touch. 
We need to create a safe learning environment where there is trust. And I have learned that just looking at a cold glass screen is really not the most effective way of learning. Maybe we can embed some of this in our future programs. We can have a hybrid learning and teaching, but I'm, I certainly don't think we should be online teaching for very long. Uh, but let's get through the emergency. Let's get through this disastrous learning. I, I call it not distance, but disastrous learning. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, actually, I, I tend to believe after, because in, in the beginning, I was more positive, to tell you the truth, Kilfem. Not positive, but okay. I was a bit optimistic that, okay, the, the process of uh, learning is not interrupted so much, so it's okay, we will get by. But now, I think that, you know, um, as far as the social interactions, we might yeah. have some problems, especially with the very young kids. Uh, oh, they won't yes. be able to adjust and handle, you know, these social relationships very easily because they were uh, suddenly when it was supposedly the time that they would get to to have the chance to have new friends and so on. That totally vanished. That ch yeah. chance vanished, and I don't know what the impact is going to be for their future. That's my my only worry so far. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree with you 100%, Natasha. And the thing is, I'm observing young learners very closely, and I'm also consulting for a high school. So I can see high school students, and I can see day-to-day -day learning, online learning of primary students. Now, my uh, grandchildren are seven years old, so they're in grade one. The little girl is very, very um, suited to learning. She's a good learner. But the little boy is a, just a healthy, bouncy, active little boy. I, he hasn't got ADH or ADD or anything like that. He's not hyperactive, but he wants to move. And I can hear his teacher saying, his name is Teo, by the way. And I hear the teacher say, Teo, I can't see you. Teo, stop pointing your tablet at the ceiling. Teo, get off the bed. <laughs> now, That's lovely. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. And when I go into his room, he says, Granny, please, please, don't come into my room, please. And he wants to throw me out of his room. Now, in a classroom, this wouldn't happen, obviously. Uh, well, and yes. there would be codes of behavior. There would be systems. There would be a culture, a classroom culture. I think exactly. what people are forgetting when they say that this online distance learning is successful, they are forgetting that school is not just about academics. It's mm -hmm. about learning friendships about relationship skills, about self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, building a community, having fights with your friends, making up afterwards. The children aren't learning any of these things. For a whole year, they've missed all this very valuable educational experience. And as you said, I'm very worried about the repercussions and what's going to happen in the future. Because uh, these kids, I've read some article, it seems will be missing out 
on uh, some of the other, uh, I don't know what to say, some of the other advantages of children before them. So, yes, we, we are making the best of a bad lot, and I think it mm -hmm. is a bad lot. So, good luck to the this. teachers. <laughs> yes, of course. But before we go on, Georgia, because of the fact that we're live and we have some people, you know, taking part and listening to us, I have we have a comment from Ron Moraine, one very good friend of ours, that mm -hmm. we hope to have as a guest in the future. And he has written an, a question for you uh, as a comment. So are teachers being trained about the digital literacy to effectively teach online? No. I think you have answered that, but we would like to have. We would like to the short answer. A bit more. Yeah, yeah. The short yeah. answer is no. And thank you for that question. It is a very valuable question. Uh, yes, of course we. Are. But as in every country, we all needed previous uh, some kind of training, um, some kind of at least to say that on a, in an online environment we must think about motivation we must think about uh, humor we must think about laughter we must think about encouragement activity and a lot of these things I'm afraid aren't happening so <laughs> thank you for that question I just want to give you an example with young learners um, on Instagram, I follow a primary school teacher called Softboy. That's his nickname on Instagram. So you might be able to find him. And this is a quotation from Softboy. I don't know which country he teaches in. And this is what he says. Teaching six-year-olds via Zoom is so funny. I'll spend 15 minutes explaining a literacy task and when I ask if they have any questions, they'll be like, yeah, do you have a cat? <laughs> because we see the, the, the whole environment around them, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really yeah, the problem is there is no real connection between the teacher and the students, and that is what is so sad. I'm not talking about an internet connection. I'm talking about a real live warm glance, a warm touch, uh, a bit of help, answering a question, giving the students a, a simple compliment. Everything that is so, so important to build up that relationship the learning and teaching relationship between learner and teacher. So the look of love, when you started with Dusty Springfield and the look of love, I thought this is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I love it too. <laughs> okay. And what you say to us, Gilfem, is perfect. From what I understand, and I know that you've told me that um, uh, quite recently you are talking a lot about social, social and emotional learning. Oh, so yes. I guess all, all these techniques that you describe or simple human actions um, mm -hmm. uh, should be part of this, of, of self, social and emotional learning. My question, and I'm not trying to play the devil's, devil's advocate here, so would you say that implementing social and emotional learning is practically impossible? in a remote 
or an emergency remote learning class? Or are there any tips or techniques that we could possibly try? Or if oh, you have ever tried some of them? Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, George, for that question. That's marvelous because there are ways that you can integrate social and emotional SEL, all right, as it's known. Um, for a start, you need to make a personal contact with each student. Give them five minutes, ten minutes individually. Just say, today, um, George, can I have five minutes with you? I'm going to ask you some riddles. Shall we have a joke-telling session? And you can say, um, why did the student eat his homework? And the student will look at you and you can say, because the teacher said it was a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> and you can carry on. I have had five, ten minute sessions where they prepare jokes and riddles for me and I prepare jokes and riddles for them. And we're still practicing speaking in English and we're making a fun connection. We're bonding. And so he's more able to trust me that I'm not going to shout at him if he makes a mistake. And it's okay to make a mistake. Um, there are so many different things you can do. Activity. There are things you can do to make the child stand up, go around his house, bring something, show you something um, from his house, from his bedroom. Something that is precious. Show and tell. These are very small, very easy, very easily achievable techniques, but they're very positive psychology. Um, tell me if I'm talking too much, but I, I also want to mention for social and emotional learning, techniques where they restore um, your health, your psychological health. Things like calming down, techniques for breathing. You can do yoga online or you can do breathing techniques um, and you can just get them sitting calmly listen to music talk about music so practicing uh, positive psychology and of course the teachers love doing this kind of thing but they don't know much about this so I don't blame anybody bless their hearts everybody's doing everything they possibly can so please don't let's take this negatively but uh, I wish that uh, all teachers would take at least a three or four day course in how to reach out and create a positive classroom culture online. Um, so thank you for that question. Right, uh, hi, uh, you, you must know about Maslow's hierarchical needs of uh, children. Of course, of course. Where the first need is, uh, of course, your physical need and, and um, safety needs. Well, the need after that is love. The third need is love and acceptance and being part of a community. There is no community online. Sometimes the children are there. Sometimes they're not there. Sometimes you see them. Sometimes they turn off their microphones and they turn off their screens. Um, so how can we... How can we avoid that happening and uh, how can we make it so that the children are more resilient, that they can, they can stand what's going on, uh, even though we're finding it difficult to stand what's going on. <laughs> so we need to have a genuine interest in each individual student, I think. 
Um, the challenge of COVID has been particularly challenging for the medical profession, but I think also for us, for teachers. Bless, bless the teachers who are doing their best. I wish we could help more. That's all I can say. Of course. And um, Ron, you know, has another question. He's watching the, he's listening to the show. Uh, I know that your forte, let's say, and your your focus is mainly on the primary field. But what about um, a more adultish, let's say, levels? What about universities? Can cell be implemented there as well in a more, let's say, solemn, serious context, academic context? Yes. Thank you, Ron. Good question, and, and I agree with you there. Uh, one of my feet is in <laughs> um, uh, the adult context as well. So, um, yes, I have uh, teachers who are teaching in the prep year of university. Um, I think there are some lessons that you can do online, but when it comes to speaking and skills development, I still think it should be blended. But for other academic subjects like, uh, I don't know, medicine or law, or, or even uh, I'm helping one of the teachers who's teaching nursing, ESP, English for Specific Purposes, and she's teaching the, the voca vocabulary and the concepts of nursing in English. You can do that online. You can do that with lots of videos. You can show them. But when it comes to the practical, you have to get in the car and drive. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't learn how to drive a car by just looking at other people driving. Like you can't make omelette without breaking some eggs, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. But yes, Ron, I agree. There are certain lessons that you can do online and they are practical and useful. Why not? But let's blend them. I don't think anything should be purely online. You requested a few words about webinars in this new regime of the pandemic. So we have three and a half minutes. Off you go. Um, well, what can I say about webinars? I'm just a little bit worried that webinars are becoming a way of collecting certificates and putting them in a teacher's portfolio. So I've attended this one and I've attended that one. I just want some feedback from those webinars. You know, what has happened afterwards? I would love to have some follow-up. Um, but I, of course, we'd have to sit down and work out how to actually get that, uh, collect that data from the teachers. Um, I think just as we are scaffolding our students' learning, we teacher trainers and educators need to scaffold the teachers' new ventures in, in teaching as well. We need to give them help and guidance. I wish we could supervise and help and, and pop into their online sessions and give them ideas. I think maybe that would help. Um, but of course, it's also very private and uh, there is also a privacy act uh, by law that you're not allowed to watch and give information which is personal. So there are a lot of things that, you know, will catch us out. So I don't know what we're going to do about this, but um, I think the best thing to do is to learn that 
we can't teach without love and affection and emotion and helping the students to come to terms with their own emotions to actually face their own problems and be able to assess themselves and thank each other and be real human beings not just a face on a computer screen uh, that's, that's all i can say one of the most positive messages heard um, from this show <laughs> and thank you so 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 much for this for thank this you natasha interview. thank you george well it was i'm totally with you uh Gilfem. I, as far as the emotions and love is concerned i'm also very I, i'm in favor of people that actually involve some kind of feeling when, when in whatever they do not only education but especially education because we are the ones that actually deliver messages around the world especially in very tender and young ages so thank you so much for this positive uh comment you're entirely welcome i really mm -hmm. enjoyed it thank you and it was a pleasure george that we had uh, questions from the audience as well this is something that i completely support and i urge all teachers that actually uh, have been listening to teachers coffee for all those years to go online send us there send us your comments and you can be definitely sure that if um, we have time we will do our best to discuss all your questions with our guests it is our pleasure it's the splendor and um, the positivity of uh, this live show radio show that we are having here this interaction with people this sharing on the spot live here on the air from every possible part of the world so yeah, we should be grateful for this as well. And uh, thanks to all, all the listeners, all the contributors of this show. Uh, thanks to Gilfem once more and uh, our hugs and kisses to Ankara or Turkey. And uh, until next time, until next Friday with another uh, important, and I will, I will keep it like a surprise again uh, until you make the announcement. Until next Friday at three o'clock UK time, have a lovely weekend and thank you very much. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Have some rest and do the best you can and whatever your heart desires over the weekend. Help me make it through the night. I don't care what's right or wrong. And I won't try to understand